send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate to turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden that they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry so they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who will teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. you guys well welcome to the show the busy believer hey i wanted to sit down and actually talk to you guys today about um something that i really feel that the lord has put on my heart and um it is a title called the great falling away um i was just in one of those moments where it was just quiet Um, I wasn't even thinking about anything. And yes, women can actually do that. (laughs) I know it's hard to believe, but there are times where we could just turn it off. And I was in one of those moments. And uh, I really felt the Lord just speak to me. And all I heard was this sentence called, The Great Falling Away. And I was like, what? What? I was actually, I'll be honest with you, I was actually in the shower. (laughs) I was in the shower and I just heard this, the great falling away. And I was like, what? What is this? What am I supposed to do with that? And then I heard podcast. And I was like, okay, now you're talking about end time stuff. And I'm not real good with that, Lord. So what do I do with it? So I began on this journey of studying. And my first thought was, okay, I'm going to grab the chat AI and I'm going to look it up. And I immediately heard the Lord said, no, you'll not rely on the AI for your information. I'm like, Lord... How am I going to get all of this? How am I going to gain the material and gain understanding of all of this to be able to put this out for you guys? And he said, lean on me. And that's all that I needed. And and it's not to say, well, I didn't know that because I did know that. But, you know, we still battle with that flesh. 
there's still that, what do I do? Where do I go? I mean, even I do that. And I was just like, okay, corrected. You know, the Lord corrects those he loves. And he began just really taking me down like the rabbit hole of scripture. And so I just want to share this with you guys. And for the Lord to put this on my heart right in the middle of, well, not in the middle, but right at the very beginning out of our ancient wisdom unveiled about the armor of God series, you know, that he, he kind of just said, this needs to come out. And I knew that it needed to come out because I was sitting outside uh, working in the yard one, um, one day and I just happened to come across this guy's uh, video that he had put on Facebook and he started talking about the things that had to do with end times, things that had to do, like we were so close, he was telling everybody, I feel like this, we're just so close. Make sure your hearts are right with the Lord. Make sure this and don't listen to these people and don't listen to this and don't listen to that. Keep your eye. And so I was just like the great falling away. For some reason, it just, it pulled me back to the subject. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. So here we go. All right. This is shooting from the hip. Um, these notes came from the Lord. So um, we're going to go with it. All right. He's, he's the potter, we're the clay. All right. This scripture reference that the Lord really kind of used in this whole thing for me um, is Matthew 24. So we're going to reference that like a lot, a lot. Okay. <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, go ahead. And if you're sitting, sitting down, listening, um, grab your Bibles and um, let's go to Matthew 24. And um, I'm flipping over to it, you guys. All right. All right. And let's, before we do this, let's just pray. I don't normally pray before podcasts, but I really feel like uh, we should just pray for um, this particular study right now. So, Lord, we come to you. We give this study to you. We ask that you would guide us that we would open our hearts and hear what the Spirit has to say. May we learn from it. May we add it to our, our hearts and apply it to our life. And Lord, just speak to us and let us absorb it like a sponge, Father. Go before us and guide our path in this study. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. As I went down this rabbit hole, I started looking over at um, Matthew 24. And I didn't really get into this until, I, I mean, I read the whole thing. And I've got a lot of highlights and circles and underlines throughout this whole chapter. Because it was just actually, it began to be pretty interesting to me. And uh, so for all those people that wanted to sit there and and discuss pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever trib, your answer is in Matthew 24. Now, to sit and argue whether it's post-trib, 
pre-trib, mid-trib. Why argue if the Word of God tells us the answer? Now, everybody can take Scripture and go, well, it says this here, and then it says this here. And I get that. So many people can grab Scripture and and say it, it means this and it means that. But I think a lot of times it's what our heart wants to say that it means, to that escapism route. We're going to get out of here pre-trip. We're going to get out of here before it all is. Well, sorry guys, but it says it right here in Matthew 24. For the post-trip people, we're going to go through it all and then the Lord's going to come. Well, sorry people, it says it in Matthew 24. It says what we're going to go through. It says um, when we're going to be taken up as far as not like date and time or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about what Matthew 24 says. And uh, and I know Revelation says stuff too. So, um, But we're going to get into all of that. All right. Mid-trib people, if it's, if it's such a thing, because I've never heard mid-trib, um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Matthew 24. We're going to start, I'm going to read this first of all, and then we're going to break it down, okay? All right, and I am going to, for the sake of time, because this gets pretty deep, I am going to start off in uh, verse 3. And I read from the NIV, for most of you that know, I read from the NIV whenever I do podcasts. Uh, whatever version you use, stick with that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? All right, and for those listeners that know that I often say that, there you go. <laughs> All right, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. I'm going to stop right there um, at verse 8, you guys. And we're going to break just these five scriptures down. Um, as I go back, even though we started in verse 3, um, at the very beginning of the chapter, Jesus leaves the temple, and as he's walking away, um, his disciples, that's when his disciples come up to him, and um, and then Jesus tells him, he says, hey, you know, do you see all these things? He's like, I'll tell you, not one stone will be turned on another, everything, everything and everyone will be thrown down. Well, it's kind of interesting how they understood that enough to go, okay, tell us when the end of the age is coming. He never said that. He never said about the end of the age, but yet they understood what Jesus was talking about. How did they understand that? Because he opened their eyes. He opened their ears. 
And that's why Jesus said to, um, uh, that we have to have an open heart, open eyes, open ears to be able to understand what the Spirit has to say. All right. Um, now, when we look at verse 4, it says, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. All right, as I began to do research, when the Lord started leading me through research, check this out. Many have come in God's name, claiming to be the Messiah already. There have been seven men total that have come claiming this title. And countries of these men, uh, of these men's origins, consist of all seven men, have come from one of these countries, Japan, Brazil, South Africa, the Philippines, England, Zambia. I would have thought Zambia was like in Africa, but apparently it's its own country. And check it out, Russia. Note, nobody came from America. Why is that? Why do we not have anybody from America that has come out claiming to be the Christ? All right, now we've had plenty of people that have come out and said um, that they were, you know, they're leading these cults and everything. But, and you could probably sit there and go, oh, well, you have the Jim Jones thing. You have this, you have that, you know. Um, this is some knee-deep stuff that makes Jim Jones look look like, the gingerbread man from Candyland, guys. Um, so that's why I say none in America. Because what these guys did, I was like, oh my gosh, that is nothing. All right. Why has no one come and claim to this, to this scale of what these seven men have done? Uh, well, I could tell you my own opinion is that America for a long time has already kicked God out of its country. We have already kicked God out of our schools. Half the time we've probably kicked God out of our churches. You see the men's hearts in the streets these days, you know, with the transgender and stuff like that. That didn't just erupt since Joe Biden has gone in. It has been in the hearts of men for a very long time that now they have the freedom to express it and so that's what I see is that you know Ten Commandments were pushed out of schools we don't see that the Pledge of Allegiance was taken out of schools it's been a gradual thing we've allowed these bumper stickers that says oh let's coexist so you see what I'm saying is that we have gradually pushed God out of America to whereas all of these other countries, they are hungry for, for truth. They are hungry for God. They want to serve something or someone. And it was, the groundwork was laid out going, ah, they're hungry. And the enemy came in like a flood into these places. All right. Now, here's what's interesting to note. Out of those seven that did this damage that came from these countries, claiming to be God, claiming to be the Messiah, 
One guy was a traffic cop. I don't understand how you traffic cop, really. You're trying to be there to uphold the law and protect the people. Then we had a cross-dressing British spy. There you go. There's one. Then we had actually a taxi driver. And then Brazil, um, all of his followers were women. All right. And um, I'm not going to go into all of them and what they were. I just thought that was interesting to note. It's like, okay, it wasn't like this teacher, this college teacher that went into knee deep in, in theology and, you know, brainwashed the students. These were like everyday people, a traffic cop, a taxi driver. Come on. You know, the one that got me was the British spy. Well, the taxi driver, the town people uh, that he was claiming that little town and saying he was the Messiah. Uh, well, the town people gathered up on him and beat the snot out of him. And then he turned around and he says, well, because of what I went through, I now have more seniority than Jesus. And I went, wait, what? I thought you said that you were the Messiah. You were God. So how in the world can you have more seniority than the one who you're claiming to be? Right? <laughs> I mean, stupid, right? Stupid, I'll say it. <laughs> Okay, Brazil. Brazil, all his followers were women. And this guy was really crazy. He used to have them carry him around on a platform. And I think this guy's still alive uh, from what I could research. But he has the women carrying him around on a platform. He's, his feet were are to never touch the ground. And... He lives inside an electric fenced property. And check this out. This guy was a former waiter. Pretty whacked. A former waiter, a taxi driver, a traffic cop, and a cross-dressing British spy. Wow. All right, so I found it interesting. There was a Norwegian photographer... His name was Jonas Bendixson, and he traveled the world to investigate all of these different type of these seven guys, these seven main guys. There were others, but these seven were pretty radical, and he traveled all around, took pictures, studied them, and then came back and wrote a book about it, you guys, and his book interesting title he calls it the last testament so i'll put this in the description if you're curious about all of this and look into all this want to read it or something um i'll put it in the notes so you guys can look him up and look up that book and see how to get it i'm pretty sure you could probably get it on amazon or you know audible or whatever so all right so many will come in God's name. There's seven, right, that came in his name. All right, so now let's go and look at um, 
it says in verse 5 or verse 6 you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen but the end is still to come see we do hear for for eons now no matter what president is is in office we always deal with the thought of war because of course those countries always want to test you know that that sitting president what kind of power does this guy have is he you know everybody's always itching for a new kind of war with uh, America and so we've had that there are nations against nations all the time so we're like okay that's nothing new all right and and I get that mentality um and a lot of people still get scared at that and it is a frightening thing to think about um but we still see Ukraine and Russia China Taiwan um, China, Russia, invading America, everybody getting close to our borders, um, our sea borders, where the Navy's got to go out there and be like, uh, you need to back up. We've been through all of that, right? There's the, the scare of all of that. And um, then we've got famines and earthquakes in various places. We live with famine all over the world. We know that. Um you know, if, if any of you have ever been in the military in some of the countries that are out there and we see um, the lack of food, the scarcity of food out there, the scarcity of water even. And so we see the famine out there. And we have all of these organizations that are trying to help people, supposedly help people in dealing with the famines. But a lot of times we find out that those organizations just basically take the money. And um, so that's the hard part. You know, earthquakes in various places. Right now, we're you see a lot of that. I mean, lately, this or what was it? Right at the, the end of the year, right at the end of 2022. I mean, you saw so much earthquakes all over. So many um, floodings all over. So I mean... How long was our winter? It was it was extremely long, and um, and it's really not going off the 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 deep end. Here we're talking about famines and earthquakes, but it's all part of nature, of what we're seeing. And then here's where it gets deep, guys. So in verse eight it says, "All these are the beginnings." Of birth pains for the ladies that know you know when you're when you're pregnant those birth pains when they start hitting you know it's like oh you get that one and you're breathing through it okay I'm good <laughs> you know and you can walk it off right it's just like those all right verse 9 this is where it gets deep it says then then this is coming next. You will be handed over to be persecuted, put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. Right there, 
this is where the great falling away happens. How do I know that? Look at verse 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. All right, because when I read that, I was like, Lord. So because people's lives are being threatened now because they're going to be persecuted, they'll be beaten, their life's taken away from them, they're going to be hated that they're going to give you up they're going to say okay forget it i'm walking away from my christianity i'm walking away from my belief because they want to save their life but jesus says those that that lose their life for christ will gain their life with him we will gain eternal life and i'm like wow and at first it really hit me because I was like, okay, we can sit there and we can think, all right, the it's the end times, you know, it's off with your head or it's getting burned or, you know, we think of those worst scenarios being tortured or, or whatever, right? And our mind can play with us in, in that aspect. And yes, it would be very challenging to go, you know, the easy thing would be to save your life, deny Christ, and live. That would be the easy thing to do. But it's going to cost you your salvation by doing that. And it began to really hit me and I was like, Lord, how do I know that I'm strong enough that I won't do that either? That I won't say, okay, you know, I'm secretly going to say, you know, this, but I really don't mean it. You know, God, I love you. You're my God. But see, Jesus even says, if you deny me before men, then he will deny us before the Father. And I was like, well, geez, that idea doesn't work. And then the Lord really put it on my heart and he was like, so you can go die for your country, but not for me. And I was like, wow, okay, you had to hit me there. And, and the Lord was right, you know, I'm, I, was, I was willing when I signed that oath to lay down my life for my country as a soldier, then how can I not lay down my life for Christ who died for me for my sins. And in, re in, in my mind, you guys, I was like, wow, um, I'm dying for, I'm willing to die for my country, lay down my life for the freedom to protect everybody's freedom. But I don't know, like, not, not one of you. And I'm just being honest. It was just like in my mind going, well, I don't know these people. What have they done for me? And then when I looked at the Lord, I was like, what has God done for me? He sent his only begotten son to die on the, cry on the cross, on the Christ, die on the cross for my sins. He took a brutal beating that ripped his flesh from his body for all the sins that I've committed 
in my life up until the day that I die. And I, it, it put everything into perspective there. And I was like, wow, Lord, I totally understand. And uh, uh, it just, it, the great falling away, that's when it's going to happen. When, and even more so, you know, now, uh, with everything that's going on right now, I mean, we've had so much of a lack of God in our country, in America. You know, if you're living in another country and not in America, you know, then, then you could only know what we go through or what you guys go through in your own country. And it just really, it really hit me the fact of, are you strong in your Christian faith? For me, I was saying this to me. Are you strong in your Christian faith to lay down your life for Christ? And then after the Lord had really spoke to my heart, I was like, then yes, Lord, I will never deny you. Because the minute my eyes are closed, I will see you face to face for once in my life. All right, so verse 11, it says, um, and many, once, once there's a great falling, let me stop there. Once we have a great falling away, then it says that um, there will be many that will betray and hate each other. This is when it's like, you know, hey, I'm making up a name here. Joanna walked away from um, her Christian faith to save her life. And then she sees that Sally over there is still a Christian. There's betrayal. They're going to end up reporting, oh, Sally, because she's still a Christian. So there's coming that, that time they're going to betray each other. And, um, and they're going to hate each other over this. Those that turn away, there's going to be a big hate. And then guess what? Right when they walk all the way, the great falling away, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Now, this one's a big one for me because um, I love listening um, to the prophets. And the Lord really dealt with me about the prophets and listening to all of them out there. And I'm not going to go over, you know, well, who's good, who's bad. That's between you and the Lord. And the, the only one thing that I will say about the prophets is that, and, and Jesus speaks a lot about the prophets. And he's very upset with prophets that go out and say, the Lord says this, and God didn't say that. And he's going to deal with them harshly. But one thing that I do know, and this is what I will say about prophets. Throughout scripture, true prophets bring uh, con uh, conviction. They always bring that repent for the kingdom is at hand scenario. They always, the Lord sends them to warn them and bring about 
uh, repentance. All of these other people that say, you know, I don't know, um, we're going to have a long winter, you know, and Biden's going to be arrested. God says Biden's going to be arrested and this and this and this. When people, for me, when people start getting into that, how can I line up what they say with the word of God? Where in it in the word of God does it say about Biden getting arrested? It talks about sinners and the wicked and that, you know, God will deal with the wicked, those that are in power. Yes. But when you have a true prophet, they will give a warning and they will bring about repentance. How do I know that? The word of God says it. And so I will always stand on the word of God. And now about the only one that I actually trust is Kim Clement. Because the future proves past. What he said in the past is now coming in the future. And he died in what? Uh, 2016? 2015? Something like that? He died? Everything that he has said up until 2023 has been coming to past and stuff that he didn't even know doesn't understand has come to past so i don't trust a whole lot of um prophets you know i have my my favorite preachers that sometimes they go into prophecy and for me as much as i love that pastor or preacher on tv i actually still mute Pause it, fast forward it, whatever. I'm like, nope, unless it comes from the word of God, I don't trust it. I do not want to be led away. All right, so there's a little bit more than what I wanted to go into, but that's my take, guys. All right, so the great falling away. There's going to be many that fall away because they don't want to lose their life. They'll betray and hate each other. Then we have the false prophets coming out the woodworks, right? That's the great deception. All right. Interesting that they come after the great falling away. Pretty interesting, huh? Why didn't they come to cause the great falling away? They come after it. So it's kind of like... Death and deny God. Now I'm not now what I'm not saying is that this part right here is the whole mark of the beast. Take the mark or you're you're gonna die. That's not what I'm saying. That's not right here. It doesn't say that right there in the scripture. Alright, it just says that when it comes down to your life, persecution, death that there will be a great falling away right there. And there'll be betrayal and you will be hated. All right. All right. So, um, and then there's all the false prophets that'll come after the great falling away. And then it even says in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, we see it now, right? We see the transgender world just going crazy and it is so bombarding 
I know we're all sick and tired of hearing it. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most. So there's going to be, there's that genuine love for people. It's going to grow cold. And we see that now, right? I mean, people are so angry on social media, on all of it, on Twitter, even on True Social. There's so much anger in there. It's ridiculous. Even Christians. I see it all the time when I go in there um, as my busy believer and I'm kind of laughing or commenting on things. And that's the hard part, too, is with text messaging, there's no feeling in it. So people read it and they take it for what they what they understand, right, or how they interpret it. And so there's no way to say, okay, um, with feeling now, with the feeling of I'm being kind, I'm asking this question, and it seems like you have to go that route. So um, the love of most will grow cold, and I think we're seeing that a lot right now. People are angry, and people are cold. But then it goes on to say, and it says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Amen. The one who stands firm, the one who stands strong, doesn't falter, is, will be saved. And then check this out. This is where I think that we really are. And I'm not saying don't go out there and say, oh, well, this is where we're at right now. Start telling everybody. This is my um, opinion, guys. This is my opinion. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. All right. I think that that's kind of like where we are at right now. I think that um, with all of the stuff that's going on, I mean, uh, if you are following me in Patreon, um, we do, if you're not, we do a, a Christian perspective of the news every Saturday morning. Um, I grab the hot topics and research them and um, kind of give my perspective and a Christian perspective of it. I bring the Word of God to that story. And we were just talking about all of this this past weekend of just different things going on, the Durham report. And one of them was how, well, there was a couple stories that we dealt with. Christians are being persecuted uh, in the CCP. In um, Canada, we had a young kid that was arrested just for handing out Bibles. And then we've had um, uh, some Christians that are being persecuted and killed over in India. And so we're, I was grabbing all of that and going, wow. But yet they are standing firm. I mean, all of these people are going through this and yet they are still hanging on to the Lord. And so I really believe that the scripture is going out now 
when and let me just say this people okay people are getting saved right now but i really believe that the lord is going to at some point the glory of the lord is going to hit and there's going to be many that are going to get saved and it is happening all over the world and uh, I mean this podcast hits over there in the UK people your UK people you're all out there hello shout out to you um, I know you're listening out there I see you on um, on my analytics so welcome to the show and then we have the rest of our listeners are all over the United States and the gospel is being preached throughout the entire world. We have missionaries. We've got the Franklin Grahams out there delivering shoeboxes that's hitting way out there in unknown little countries out there. So it's getting, the word of God is getting out there all over the place. All right. And the great thing about this though is that how do I say this all right so with the gospel being preached it says to all nations and then it says then the end will come it will come and then it goes on to say this. Check it out, guys. In verse 15, it says, So when you see standing in the holy place, the temple, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. You, the reader, if you're reading this, sitting down and reading this with me. It says, Then, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Verse 21. And we're going to stop after 21. Oh, no, we're going to go to 22. It says, For then there will be great, great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Verse 22 is our last one. If those days had not been cut short, no one, would survive but for the sake of the elect those days will be shortened all right we're going to stop right there for right now because this is a lot to swallow all right so he says the gospel is going to be preached all nations everywhere um everywhere in the whole earth the the, the gospel is going to be preached right okay then it says the abomination that causes desolation. That's when the temple, when you have the Antichrist that actually comes in and he, he lies to the Jews and says, you can go ahead and do your sacrifice again, which 
Netanyahu has already got people in place for rebuilding the altar. Um, for those that um, study all of this stuff, um, you already know that they have the red heifers um, that they got from Texas to be sent over there. They have heifers for the altar. And if you don't know anything about that, it is something that the, the Jews look for, for red heifers without spot or blemish. They had to be like perfect because God at that time before Jesus died on the cross, they um, the Lord called for the sacrifice, the animal sacrifice. Blood needed to be spilled for the sins. Well, Netanyahu has got um, the teams ready to rebuild the altar. They've got the red heifers for it. Why red heifers and why not um, the lamb anymore? That part, I'll be honest, I do not understand. I don't know why. So if one of you guys knows the answer, then go ahead and email me or put it in the comments of what you feel that the answer is. And great. I'm glad you know it. Share it with us if you know. All right. So um, then it goes on to say, so he's basically, the Antichrist is basically going to come in and um, he's going to come in and basically it says, let's jump over it. Let me just do this because I'm sitting here trying to think of um, what I read. Let's flip over real quick uh, to Daniel chapter 9. Oh, I just passed it. Here we are. All right, Daniel chapter 9. And it says here, um, let's start in verse... The tail end of 26. Uh, let's start. It says, the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And then it goes on to say, the end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. Verse 27. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. He is the Antichrist. For one seven is a week, guys. In the middle of the seven, in the middle of that week, he'll put an end to the sacrifice and the offering. He's going to let them go ahead and do their sacrifices in the temple. But then right in the middle of it, he's going to be like, stop, nope, that's enough. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. The abomination that causes desolation, he's going to set himself up as the one that you should be um, worshiping and all of that. He's going to stop it because he's, what? The Antichrist. Make sense? So he's totally against all of it. Um, they, they see the uh, sacrifices to God, the, uh, the whole jealousy, the whole rage, the whole hate gets in him, and he's going to say, nope, and he's going to cut him off. And then... Um, he will do that until the end that is decreed is poured out on him, on the Antichrist. It's going to go on. He's going to have this power and everything until God decides to 
deal with him. And he does later in the chapters. He does deal with him. All right, so let it, let's go over to chapter 11, and we're going to go over to verse 31. And in here we are um, still talking about the Antichrist. And it says, his armed forces, because he's going to have his military, will rise up and they will desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. That's where, that's where, yeah, he comes in. He sends his people in, his army. They're going to totally destroy. He's going to stop him in the middle of that week. And he's going to say no more. No more sacrifice. And it's now going to be, you're going to serve me. You're going to bow to me. I'm the one God. All right. So does that make sense? Um, you can even go to Daniel 12, um, you, in verse 11. From that time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Good Lord. So there's 365 days in a year. And you go three into that, that's what, about almost about three and a half years, three and a half, four years, close to it. Then it says, blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. All right, so just for math sakes, let's do this. I'm whipping out um, my phone here. And I'm going to go to 1,335 days divided by 365, because 365 days in a year. That's 3.65 years, guys, that all that's going to go on. A little over three and a half years is this going to go on. Wow. Long time. And during a time where it even says, let's go back over to Matthew 24. And it says, even when the Antichrist comes in, people are going to be fleeing. It says in verse 16, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Everybody's going to be scattering. And they, the Lord even says, let no one, if you're out on the housetop, why would the Lord say this? Because he already knows people will be out on the housetop hiding from those that are looking for him. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Don't be like, oh, I forgot a blanket. I forgot a loaf of bread, milk, whatever. Don't go down in the house. They're looking for you. Then he goes on to say, let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. If you're hiding out in the field, don't even go back to go get blankets or a coat, clothes. Just go. And then 19, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Can you imagine being on the run while you're pregnant? Horrible, horrible time. And nursing mothers, well, when that baby's uh, hungry, what do babies do? They cry. So how can you hide from 
the Antichrist and his men that are hunting the Christians down to keep a pregnant or, or to keep a um, hungry baby quiet. And that's why it says how dreadful. And then it goes on to say, pray that your flight will not take place in the winter. Can you imagine having to just run? You're in sweats and a t-shirt and all of a sudden it's time to run. Because we'll, we will see the Antichrist come in. It says right there. And um, notice that it doesn't say in verse 14 that the gospel is going to be preached. It says, then the end will come. It doesn't say that the Christians are going to be taken up right there. No. It just says the end's coming. That it's coming. Not that it started. Not that it's all done. Not that all the Christians are going to be taken up across the, the earth. No, it just says the end is coming, guys. All right. And then it goes on to say, this is going to be the most horrible time ever in the history of earth. I mean, worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, worse than Noah during that time. It just says right there, it says unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again during that time. What a horror when they're talking about the Antichrist and the, and the earth. Why do it, doesn't the Lord actually say that it's going to be unequal from the time that the wrath of the, of the Lord, the day that the Lord deals with everything on earth and everyone on earth, why is that not the most horrible, unequal, disastrous, distressful day ever in mankind? Because God still has compassion. Satan and the Antichrist do not. All right. And then it says that those 1,335 days, those 3.65 years, are going to be cut short because of the elect. It says right there, guys, in verse 22. It's going to be cut short because of the Christians that are here. So, praise God, huh? All right. Verse 23. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it, guys. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders. Check this out. To deceive, if possible, even the elect. So right there, here's a warning right now for us. There's going to be many, many, many people that are going to, that are going to say that the Messiah is here, there, everywhere, like it just says it right here in Matthew. And, but these false prophets are going to be able, uh, false prophets and messiahs are going, those quote-unquote messiahs, were, they are going to be able to do signs, miracles, healings, whatever's, right? They're wonders. They're going to be able to wow you with what they're able to do. Why are they be able to do that? The Antichrist is on the earth. 
who is in the Antichrist? The devil, right? This is his one-time reign where we physically see evil like never before in the Antichrist. There's, it's so much hate and everything. But this false prophets, false messiahs are going to deceive even the elect. So, so we're saying right now, don't believe any of it. If there's anything you can hear right now, it would be don't fall for the false prophets. Because many of you are listening to, to prophets out there that you're just like, wow. Have you guys ever just looked into who you're listening to? Instead of having the itching ears. And we are are going to be... If we're, we're tricked right now by all of these false prophets. What's going to happen when these guys start doing wonders and miracles? Many are going to be deceived. And God says, I have told you ahead of time. And how many times has he says it? He even goes back and and if we look, um, it says in verse 11, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. We see that now. You've got false prophets on YouTube, false prophets on Twitter, false prophets everywhere, online, starting their own page. I mean, I've, I was watching one guy and all of a sudden he says, I saw Jesus. No, you cannot see Jesus right now because there is sin in our life we cannot see god right now sin separates us from the lord from seeing him because we have sin we have this flesh body on us we just can't um all right so and if i'm wrong let me know i'm wrong but i challenge this Give me the scripture. All right. So um, he is saying one time in verse 11 about false prophets. Then he goes on to say it again in verse 23 all the way through 25. He talks about it again. Then there's scripture um, where the Lord really discusses false prophets. It's an important subject if the Lord mentions it more than twice. And the Lord has much to say about the false prophets. So be warned with the false prophets. What is their main deal? Does it line up with the word of God? If you can't find it in the word, it's best not to listen to them. And if the Lord has a word for you, the Lord's going to send the prophet to you. I mean, look at Samuel. Samuel went uh, to uh, Saul. And he had a word for him. He was going to be the next king. Then Samuel went um, to Saul and said, you've been stripped. And then Samuel went to David and says, you're the anointed king. And Jeremiah went to where? He went all over Israel to Jerusalem, all of that um, proclaiming things. You know, what was Jonah had to do? Jonah had to go to Nineveh and go tell them. So see the pattern of the Lord? The Lord will bring the prophet to you if he has a word for you. 
but we have itching ears and we go and listen. What's happening next? What's going to happen next? And then here's one thing too, and I know I wasn't going to discuss the prophets, but um, I just got to go there. <laughs> um, with the false prophets too, we have, even the Lord addresses it like this. He says that we have the itching ears. We're, we're wanting to hear something. Even if it's false, we become so hungry for, you know, more information. And what, what gets me is that, say you were listening to this false prophet name, I'll use myself, Monica. And I'm telling you that all of this stuff is going to happen. Well, it doesn't happen. But my audience continues to come to me and listen to my next uh, prophecy. But everybody has such itching ears to continue to hear the next thing about the political mess that they don't care that I was wrong. They don't see that, well, she said on May 1st that, you know, Joe Biden was going to be um, impeached and it didn't happen. But then I come in and says, oh, well, God says that, you know, he's going to do this and he's going to do that and we're going to see you know, a beautiful summer, and I promise you all this and this and this. Well, summer goes by, nothing happens. See what I'm getting at? <coughs> people, um, people have itching ears, and they don't pay attention to what the prophets say and go, wow, that didn't happen on May 1st. That didn't happen on April 2nd. Well, that didn't happen on June 3rd. I guess this is a false prophet. Or, why can't I find that in the scripture? You know, and so just be careful, everybody. Be careful of who you're listening to and really sit down and go, why am I listening to this? If God wants to get a message to you, he'll get a message to you. He knows how to get your attention. He knows the minute you're, you're going to look over to the left or look over to the right before you even do it. He knew that before you even formed in your mother's womb. That on such and such a date in 2023, you're going to look to the left while driving in your car and you're going to see this. And that's when the Lord's going to show you something that is going to have a profound effect on your life. I'm just saying as an example. I'm not prophesying. <laughs> All right. I'm just using that as an example. So it's to show you that he knows everything. And he knows how to get a message to you. So be careful of the prophets that you listen to. And um, all right. I'm going to try to get off that, that subject. I'm going to really try. Really, I am. I'm going to try. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So it says, verse 26. We just went through all of that. Then verse 27. Check it out. We just got done with all of these false prophets and, mess and messiahs that are now going to be able to perform all of these great things, right? That even the elect will be deceived. 
And then uh, verse 27, it says, For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now here's where it gets pretty good, right? All right. It says, "Where, Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. I don't know why that scripture is, and maybe one of you guys know. Why, how do we go from the fact that we could see lightning from the east, we could see it from the west. We'll be able to, to actually see that. It'll strike in the east, but we'll see it from the west. Why does the Lord say, wherever there's a carcass, there the vultures will gather? What does that scripture mean, guys? All right, tell me in the comments. All right, verse 29. Immediately after the distress of those days, all of the stuff about the, uh, the Antichrist, out immediately after, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Let's go over to um, Isaiah. Isaiah 13. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah. Oops, 39. All right. Isaiah 13. And let's go to verse 10, guys. It says, The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Verse 11, I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. I will make people scarcer than pure gold, more rare than the gold of Ophir. Ophir, Ophir, however you say it. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. I don't want to be here for that. All right. So what's Matthew and Isaiah saying and the Lord who gave the words? It's going to go dark, guys. The sun will be dark. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. How big is one star? Does anybody know that? I have heard that one star can take up a state. I don't know. What have you heard? All right. Then it says, verse 30, Then, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. What is this sign? And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So what's that saying, guys? There's going to be a sign. The sign is the darkness coming, the moon goes dark, the stars fall. Then will appear the sign of the Son of, of Man in heaven. 
Interesting. There's going to be a sign in the Son of Man. Wow. Can you just imagine that? I mean, it's going to, I think it's going to wow even all of us. You know, and then it says here, all the people of the earth, Russia, Uganda, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, America, uh, Germany, Japan, all those little countries, Israel, all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Why will they mourn, guys? Um, well, what for one, you have those that are going to mourn because they're going to see God coming down, the glory. Us that are that see him, it's going to be uh, a relief to see our Father come get us. It's going to be the wicked that mourn are going to actually see that they were wrong. Now, <coughs> here's a question. During that time when Jesus comes down, there's the sign and Jesus comes down in the cloud. What happens if that person sees it and goes, I believe, and gives their heart to the Lord right then and there? You think that'll work? I think so. If that person truly repents and says, I see God, and they confess and say, I believe in you, I think they'll, they'll, they'll escape everything else, the, the judgment. The judgment of the earth. Because they confessed with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. They see him. But that's for the Lord to decide. Alright. But there's going to be great mourning. Because they actually see, oh my gosh. This really is God coming down. And I've lived a life of sin. I've done all that. Will there be, and the Lord only knows, will there be people that are repenting at that time? I bet you there will be. And then, well, let's go on to verse 31. Because this is, this is where it gets pretty exciting. And it says, And when Jesus is coming down in the clouds with power, Notice it just says, with power. But then it goes on to say, and great glory. Why doesn't it say, with great power and great glory? I thought that was pretty interesting. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. He's going to tell the angels, all right, blow the trumpet. And he says, and then the angels will gather all of his, all the elect, all the Christians, from, excuse me, from the four winds, from north, south, east, and west, from one end of the heavens to the other. He's going to gather up all of the Christians. We're all going to go up to meet the Lord in the air. Notice that it doesn't ever say that Jesus is going to come down on earth 
and then all the all of us are going to go with him we will meet him in the clouds it says he's coming on the clouds of heaven doesn't say he'll ever land on earth and then it says um, we're going to go jump down to 33 even so when you see all these things you know that it is near right at the door and then verse 35, right, let's go to 34. It says, truly I tell you this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Then 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And I used to think about that for a long time. I was like, well, heaven is your home. Why will heaven, why will you create, because there's a verse, why would you create a new heaven and a new earth? Why does God say that heaven and earth will pass away? Well, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. He has to create a new heaven because of the demonic beings that were, that were passing through all the time. He's going to create it pure now. And he's going to create a new earth. He's going to create a new earth because guess what? He will actually come down and live amongst the people. He will be the light on the earth, the new earth. So pretty exciting. And it says, verse 36, But about that hour, the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Why is that? Well, Jewish law says that um, when the bride and the um, groom are joined together to marry, when there is an agreement that a marriage will take place, the groom goes off and he prepares a place for her. Um, he gets her the things that she needs. He sets it up in her place, or in their place. He builds the new home. And he actually builds it along his father's place he builds the room he builds everything that um that they would need to start a life together and then the father when he sees that it is right to send his his son to go get his bride and he never tells the son when it's time he just picks the right time it could be at 2 a.m it could be at 9 a.m. It could be 9 at night. Then he will tell the son, now go get your bride. And so Jesus is saying that it's the same thing as um, Jewish law. The Lord is following that Jewish law. And that's why he tells them that because the Jews or the Israelites understood that concept back in the days. That's why he says only my father in heaven knows because he is the son and he will be told when to go get his bride which is us all right so hopefully that's understandable um and then it says as it was in the days of noah so it will be at the coming of the son of man for in those days before the flood people were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. 
and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And then it says, um, basically, you're going to have two men working, two women, you know, in the kitchen. You know, one one's going to be taken, the other one's going to be left. So you never, never know when it will happen. That's what the Lord is saying. And he says, verse 32, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So, I say, because we do not know what day the Lord will come, we need to constantly put on the armor of God, constantly run away from sin, guys. If you have a problem with lying, confess it, get to a pastor, talk to them, I need help with this, confess it, um, run from sin. What I loved about Joseph, the whole story of Joseph, uh, is that when Potiphar's wife kept coming after him and trying to lure him into into bed with her, um, Joseph kept saying no. And at that time, Joseph ran. He ran from the sin. He couldn't do it um, to God, and he couldn't do it to Potiphar. And he ran from sin. We need to do that same thing. Run from sin. You know, if you've got something in your life, run, leave it. it does it, what will it gain you? Except being caught in the middle, like it says. One will go up, the other will be left. Don't get caught in the sin that you're doing. Whether it's adultery, whether it's lying, whether it's, you know, acting out in the anger. Because anger is not a sin. But what you do in the anger can be a sin. You know, and it's uh, those unkind things that we talk about. Our mouth, you know, our mouth is is what gets us into, into trouble. Like James talked about, the taming of the tongue. You know, it can get us into trouble a lot. So, check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right? And, um... And it says, verse 44, uh, So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And then verse 46, it says, It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Same thing as what I'm just saying. You know, as you draw closer to the Lord, then make sure he finds you doing the will of God. Make sure he finds you doing those good things. As you draw closer to the Lord, he draws closer to you. As you draw closer to the Lord, then you begin to hate what he hates, and you love what he loves, and you begin to walk towards those things that please him and run away from those things that would displease him. And to have that same hate towards those things. Alright. There's also that scripture that says. Um, is it in Matthew? Um, well let's go to this. Matthew 7. Um, let's go to Matthew 7. It's kind of interesting how I just opened the word. And it went right to it. Matthew 7. Um, 
True and false prophets, verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They may sound all good, look all good. They may come from the church. You're like, oh, I know this church. But inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. Remember, we look on the outside. We see them all dressed nice. We see them saying nice things. But God looks at the heart. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, we don't. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. All right? Every tree that it does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. All right, so you're like, well, how do you know, Monica, false prophet from true prophet? Well, like I was saying, false prophets um, will satisfy your itching ears. So where you can, instead of going to the Word of God and saying, what do you have for me today, Lord? Um, what is going on? I don't understand the, po the political mess. And the Lord will will have you go to certain scriptures and explain it. But false prophets, when you start paying attention to them, you're pulled away from the word of God. And you're getting your itching ears fed. Just give me something. Feed me. Feed me. I don't care if it's true or not. And you swear by that false prophet. Oh, they're legit. Because they say the Lord says, and because they, something happened, they said something happened, and it happened. Well, didn't we just talk about the fact that in Matthew uh, 24, it says that they will do great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect? Are you deceived? Are these people satisfying the itching ears? Are they causing you to repent the sin that's in your life? Are they causing you to grow closer to the Lord? Or are you tuning in at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday because they're going to feed you those, those things that you need to hear to satisfy the itching ears of what's going to happen to Joe Biden? That's the issue. All right. So that's what I wanted to. Um, it says here. Verse 21 in chapter 7. And this scares a lot of people. But let's go over it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell, you, tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow. Check out 22. Many will say to me on that day, on that day. When is that day? 
chapter 24. And it says, uh, Did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Well, what did it just say in verse 24? For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders. See it now? It, it is the prophets that are going to be hollering this. And false teachers are going to be saying this. So we have to be careful because Jesus already warns us. So there is no, well, I didn't know. He told you about three times in chapter 24, guys. If you're in your word, he's going to deal with them. And you are held accountable for listening to them. And then, so that's what we're talking about. Lord, Lord, those that say that. How do we know if we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, yes, we're saved. But Jesus goes on to say, Only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It doesn't say, but only the, the one who does the will of my Father will enter heaven. He says, the one who does my will. What does the Lord want you to do? What's his will in your life? Run from sin. Serve him with all your heart, soul, and mind. And go out and to tell everyone about the Lord. Go out into all nations preaching and teaching them to observe all these things. To draw close to the Lord. And notice that it said, um, I never knew you. That's the key there too, is that we have to draw close to the Lord. We have to have a relationship with the Lord. It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to read the Bible and call it good and say, oh, I gave my life to the Lord. I'm good. It's having a relationship with the Lord. That's the difference between religion and having a relationship with the Lord. Religion tells us, well, well you must read the Bible. You must go to church. But God says, I want time with you. I never knew you. Kind of like in your relationship with your spouse, if you're married. You spend time with your spouse. You get to know each other. So, it's the same thing with Jesus. You have to spend time with him. You have to get to know the Lord. He already knows you. But he wants quality time with you. You know, I often heard another teacher had said, you know, I don't pray for 15 minutes straight, but I won't let 15 minutes go without me saying a prayer. And it's often true. That's what it means, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time throughout the day. Ask the Lord questions. Why did he make dung beetles? <laughs> you know, I do. I ask him all kinds of crazy questions. And... Sometimes I get my answer right away. Sometimes it's like, oh, duh, why didn't I think of that? You know, get to know him. Walk with him daily. Think about, like, you know, when Moses walked with the Lord, Abraham walked with the Lord, Elijah walked with the Lord. Can you imagine the conversations? Well, it's no different. It's not like, well, that was Elijah, Monica. No. 
this is you, Mary or John or, or you know, whatever your name is, Monica. It's no different. Walk with the Lord. Talk with him. In your car and you have that moment, talk with him. Why did you do this? I asked the Lord today. I was like, if because you know everything, how come you just did not, just should have like not made Lucifer? And then we would not have had all these problems. You know, the Lord is wiser than us, but still I had a question. Why not just skip making Lucifer? Would we still have, you know, perfectness in, in the world? You know, Adam and Eve would have never been tempted. Maybe the Lord, well, obviously the Lord knew why. You know, but we don't know that. Why not ask? Why did you make Lucifer then? Why couldn't you just skip over that one and say, well, we're not making Lucifer. You know, have those times. Ask him questions. Those things you wonder about. Ask him. Why did he make everything green on earth? Why didn't he not make it blue? Why do we have blue skies and not purple skies? You know? Find out. Draw near to the Lord. Get to know your Lord. Get to know your God. All right, I'm going to end there. I hope this was something to chew on. Um, I'm going to um, look at some more scriptures a little bit later on. But I am going to bed. Peace out.